morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Steve Williamson here. Uh, I'm glad you could join us this morning. We've never in 10 years just sort of um, done um, a talk show on the format of something like Rush Limbaugh or or some of the other conservative um, things. We've always been focused usually on a single topic, often a single guest for the whole 45 minutes. We've never done um, kind of quick shots of of a particular issue. Today, I want to talk more generally with Steve Segner. Steve is the uh, president of the Sedona Lodging Council. Um, Most people know that the Lodging Council um, represents the hotels and uh, that lodging and and tourism is really – producing most of the uh, most of the income for the city of Sedona. So if you're a resident of Sedona, you, if you're like us and you're older, most of the money you spend on food is on food that's not taxed or it's on medicine that's not taxed. And what we're dependent on really is the tourists coming in and and being taxed. Ever since I've been here, when we first arrived 20 years ago, there's always been a bit of a conflict between the retirees and the people who work here. Uh, when Jessica and I moved here, we both had jobs for ten, for a decade or more. Uh, we couldn't move here and not work. I'm not sure anybody can do that anymore. Uh, in any case, I want to talk to Steve Segner because Steve has been trying in very, every venue I can think of to get out some of the facts, and you have a new program coming up shortly that people should know about. Uh, yeah, we do. This coming um, the 22nd, uh, Wednesday, I've put together a, a panel discussion. Um, we're spons- co-sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce, uh, but the Lodging Council decided to do it because every person I've talked to about short-term rentals has given me a feedback that's incorrect. Uh, it seems like everybody thinks, well, we just get the legislature to change it, or how come the city council doesn't override it, or how come, how come, how come? And I thought, you know what, we need to get the information out there that's correct uh, in a way that's not uh, slanted and not one-sided. Now, you think the lodging council, well, we're all involved in this. Well, you know, we aren't thrilled that there's short-term rentals. Right, we're I mean, it cuts into hotels, we're, we're theoretically, people, right? But we're also pragmatic in the understanding that the law got passed, and the law is, in fact, makes them legal. Um, so this meeting is not about to trash short-term rentals. It's really to put together a panel so that people can ask questions. So what we're going to do is going to start with a panel discussion the first hour, and I'm going to introduce it and get it going. We're going to have the city attorney... He's going to speak to the law and how it affects um, the city and what the city's uh, powers are. Then we're going to talk to the city manager, and she's going to talk a little bit about what the city can do, what their plans are for short-term rentals to regulate them. Uh, We're going to talk to uh, Candace, 
from the Chamber of Commerce. And we've even brought in a, a customer or a gentleman who manages 500 Airbnbs in four states. And he's going to speak about Airbnbs, and we're going to ask him some questions about does he think they should be regulated to a point? Uh, you know, how can he do a better job? So we're uh, we're all we're trying to really get all the facts on the table through a panel, and each person's going to have ten minutes to talk and give their presentation. And then we're going to open it up to the floor for people to ask questions, because I want people to be asked the expert and find out and say, well, why can't we just pass a law and, and ban them and hear the answer? Or why can't the legislature just change the law and what's the chance of that happening? Or what is 207 and why does 207 seem to grandfather them in? Now, I can say all these things and answer them, but people think I'm biased. So we're trying to put an unbiased forum together to get the real answer. And my second um, idea with this, if we can get this to work, this this panel format, we can use it for other things in the city where we find there's uh, turmoil uh, or maybe the upcoming elections. So instead of everybody screaming at each other, let's have some dialogue because I'm just sick to death of um, people just fighting and not having dialogue. I was looking at one of your posts on um, Nextdoor, and you had a long, logical, information-heavy post, and um, the response by somebody was just gobbledygook. I mean, <laughs> it's like he didn't – first, he didn't read the post. He doesn't want to read it. He just wants to attack you. Yeah. And I, I think that there's there's far too much of that uh, – by all of us, I guess, some people much, much more than others. There are some really bad actors on social media in Sedona. But I think a lot of it seems to me inexperienced, Steve. When people come to Sedona, <clears throat> more and more, they can't be like Jessica and I arriving here and working for 10 years before retiring or 15 years before retiring. They have to have enough money they have to have made enough money where they are to move in a place where the what are the housing prices now eight hundred thousand dollars it's extremely expensive you can't you can't make that kind of money here you have to have to bring it in i guess to get housing now and so people have been very important they've been very successful Steve where they are they're from indianapolis and they they've been big shots there and they arrive in sedona and they're retirees. Well, I think who listens to retirees? Well, they're just and I they're think just what, like I think what, I think what happens after you're a big shot and you retire and you lose your power and your status. Yes. Um, there's a good book called Cast, and really the, the book talks about we all want to look down on somebody else. It's just built into us. So nobody wants – we all want to grow and get better and be higher and look back on something. And it, it's a little sad that the people who – I've seen post one uh, time said, well, why should we be trying to have workforce housing? I earned my way to Sedona. I worked hard for 30 years. I don't want somebody sneaking in. That's a caste system. And it's a little sad that a real community is – a pyramid. It has a few people at the top who are rich, then it has another layer and another layer, but it really needs a lot of worker bees and people who are just striving to live, to be a community. If we're going to be a community of all just rich white people over 70, 
we're going to lose our school system, first of all. We're going to lose diversity, um, and it's not going to be a real community. We're going to be Sun City North, and I've, that's my fight. I really don't want that to happen. But people don't want to say, Steve, that that's what they want, but that is really in the end what they want. I, I said in a post, and nobody answered me, I said, look, if you don't care about the workforce who works in Sedona, who does the job, if you simply don't care about them, there's nothing to say. Yeah. You know, because if you don't care that they have to commute here, I mean, if you look at, if you read your Russian literature, you have a Russian aristocrat, the mm-hmm. uh, people who keep his house, the housekeepers, the mm-hmm. door people, they don't have beds. They don't have room. They just fall sleep on the floor anywhere they can go. It's the attitude, that attitude of their servants to us. They can go live wherever they can afford to live. If they can't afford to live here. But, Steve, that's really old conservative stuff. I remember in college, one of the uh, one guy said, well, if a woman has six kids out of wedlock, she deserves to see them starve. Well, that's that's our capitalist system. You know, we we are raised to be competitive. And if you're competitive and you're successful, then you won the game. And the people who weren't successful, they're not they're not playing the game fairly. And that's that's just conservative rhetoric. Let's let's really be honest. Uh, not everybody has the same options. They some went to great schools, some didn't. Some come, came from communities that were really rich, and um, they had they had people who could get them into into certain jobs. But then. The majority of people in America don't have all those options. So the idea that we're all on an equal footing in this a capitalist race is not true. Uh, I dropped out of high school in 10th grade, and I worked very hard, and I was very, very lucky. Okay, Not everybody got who drops out of high school in 10th grade is lucky and is successful. But that doesn't mean that they don't deserve the same things I have. What I... What I have problems understanding, Steve, is people who were successful apparently were good businessmen and women back where they came from. They come to Sedona and they have all these opinions without doing any research. They don't know that they're not paying property taxes. They don't know that the city council is structured in a certain way. There are seven members. Mm -hmm. They don't bother to learn the basic facts. And there's all this rage, and the rage shuts them down. So, so the city will spend 10 years looking into emergency preparedness, and you'll have a bunch of people coming along saying, you never talked to us about this. Well, I think you're totally right. A, a prime example of that, I have a condominium down in Scottsdale, and it's a very conservative condominium. And it coffee in the morning, people introduce me as the building socialist because they don't want to be embarrassed in case I talk to one of their friends. And a gentleman asked me one day, and he says, well, we could obviously never have a conversation. And I said, well, why is that? And he says, well, you're, you're, you're so far left. It's crazy. And I said, we could have a conversation. You want to have one now? And he goes, what do you mean? And I says, let's, let's talk about teachers. What do you mean? I says, teachers make about $35,000 a year with a master's degree. Do you think that's correct? And he says, well, the unions, and if they got rid of the unions, and I go, 
We don't have unions in this state. They're hired at will every year, and they can be fired at will. And he looked at me. He goes, what do you mean? I says, this isn't New Jersey. This isn't New York. You're bringing your ideas from your other state to here, and you haven't learned how this state works. Now, understanding that they can be fired every single year, they make 30000 to $35,000 a year. Don't you and I think we could work to make sure they have more money? Well, but yeah, I probably could. See, we can have a dialogue. So the idea of a dialogue is finding a common ground to talk on. The gentleman you talked about me when I do a post and he just comes back and bashes me, he doesn't want to have a dialogue because, one, he might be weak on his facts on the one side, or two, people have just taken to, I'm in this camp and I'm in that camp. And if you talk and you were to come into a compromise, somehow you're leaving your tribe. Everybody's talking in short little phrases now as opposed to long discussions. But, you know, the answer is in the discussion, not in a quick phrase. You're not the only one being attacked in this way. And what it is is they it seems to me they just want to insult whoever they don't Mm -hmm. like's opinion, insult them so badly that they'll go away and not enter into any more talk anymore. They just try to shut people down. The thing is that there's in Sedona, there's a lack of lack of communities. I mentioned a little bit earlier when I arrived here, there was a conflict between the the residents, not residents and tourists. There was a conflict between the retirees and the business and the working people of Sedona. They had slightly different interests, but there wasn't a huge ferocious thing. And you had to be observant or pay attention or care about this sort of thing to even notice it. Now it's like the grain of the wood has has risen, and all, there are all these violent, I mean, people well, don't want anybody to well, come visit well, Sedona, but, but, Steve. But think, think about it a little bit different. Let's say we had a town of 8,000 people in Kansas. Everybody would work together. Their kids would all go to the same high school. They'd work their way up. Uh, they'd know each other. They'd see each other in church. They'd build a community. Sedona has 8,000 people. They all came in at different layers of their life. They didn't work their way up and born there, worked there, retired there. So what happens? You have different layers coming in from different states and at diff- different socioeconomic levels. So there, we lack that community you might have in a Midwestern town. So every, <clears throat> everybody only wants to hang with people like themselves. And that's what I find in, in this town. Now, I moved to this town because I looked at Santa Fe and I found it to be extremely stratified, extremely wealthy, extremely poor. And I noticed they didn't mix. I like Sedona because you go to a party or an event, every, you have worker bees, plumbers, you have almost street people, you have billionaires. I like that idea. And they were talking about the arts and they were talking about politics. We've lost that. Uh, it's become now that we're locked talking and we're locked into our neighborhoods. Sedona, we don't think of as the greater Sedona. What's better, what's good for Sedona, we're talking about my neighborhood, my corner. They're putting a walking path in front of my house. And there are no na- real neighborhoods here. Neighbors shouldn't be fighting for their three-block area. We should be looking at what's best for all of Sedona. And that means the tourists. And that means traffic. But this idea of locking into my neighborhood, a prime example, on Brewer Road behind my hotel, they were going to put in a drop-off spot for eight pickup people to pick up, eight people for hikers to take them to trailheads. 
Once an hour, eight people. That neighborhood went crazy on um, next door. They went over and over. They attacked me for being greedy, saying it's all about my business. It's, uh, it's, it, it went on and on and on. It was a simple idea to pick up and drop off people at trailheads. But it became so centric to Brewer Road that the city pulled back the idea. Well, what's happening, the city is being fought on every single issue everywhere. A prime example, the parking structure uptown. Tell me a town that has 30,000 people that come in on the weekend that doesn't have a parking structure. Okay, We've been talking about it for 19 years. It was held off for 14 years because we didn't have the money. We bought the property last year. We're building Forest Road down as an exit from uptown. And then this week, they last week, they came up and they said, oh, you just foisted this on us. We had no idea this was happening. It needs to be paused. Now, that's absolutely ridiculous because it's been 14 years of being talked about. Um, this is where we're at. People have found a little power on social media, and they've formed little groups to fight everything the city wants to do. Yeah. I call them stampede. They mm-hmm. started to start a little stampede mm-hmm. against anything on Brewer Road. Um, I guess, Steve, I first joined Nextdoor, and let's go ahead and use it by name, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I haven't been as involved as, in as much as you were. I was shocked by what the parents of River Run School were saying. They rented a, a facility from the school board. Mm-hmm. School board didn't want to renew it. They didn't say, the school board says X about us, and it's not true. What's here really true is we treated the properly kindly. We didn't expand into areas that we weren't renting. Blah, blah, blah. There was not that discussion. Instead, what you had was a discussion about how there was a conspiracy between the school board and the city council to force them out of that particular property. For what reason? Well, the city wanted to put in a municipal court. But they went right to vast interlocking crazy conspiracy theories rather than, look, they should have said, look, River Run, tell us what. Tell us what the school board said to you as why they don't want you to re-rent it. And then you can have a chance to refute it. That would have been a fair and square thing. Instead, we get this virulent attacks on the Sedona school board, on the Sedona city council who didn't own the property. The city didn't own it. And we, we get the craziness instead of a... A back and forth. We well, say this, you say that. What's happened is we've we've lost our filter. Now let's let's go back a few years. In a small town like Sedona, before the internet, um, that would have been reported on probably by the newspaper. Now the newspaper would have talked to both sides, and, and they would have acted as a filter a little bit, and they would have had a quote from one side and a quote from the other, and then they would pull it together and write an article, and that's how we would normally get our news in the past. Now what happens, we have the Internet where anybody can say anything, and it's not proofed, and it's not fact-checked. And so now all of a sudden, it, it, it's like that old telephone. You know, somebody picks up and says a word, then it goes to ten other people, and that word changes. Well, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, we have no filter, no check, and people just think the worst. They take the worst and go with it. Now, there are lots of reasons that... that 
I'm astonished, astonished, mm-hmm. Steve, at the level of the worstness of this, mm-hmm. the theories, the conspiracies, the stuff. And it seems to override, like, we have people who spent their whole lives in capitalism making a whole lot of money, and they get here and suddenly they want to tell people who own land they can't do this and that, even though it's zoned to be able to do this and that. It, well, it, I can't have it kind of both ways. Well, if you're but, a social democrat, it's one thing, but, but if you're if you're a hard hard ass conservative, you should be but, but for property lines. But, but let's get past the the rhetoric on um, Democrats or Republicans. Okay. There, there are conservative people and there are liberal people, and they tend to fall into parties. But social, from a social point of view, people who are conservative don't like change. It's like, let's look at it. Let's think about it. I like the church I go to. I like the town I live in. Um, liberal people like change. How we can do it better? How can we help other people? Okay, These are two concepts that each side doesn't quite understand. You know, uh, So a conservative moves to a town. They came here as visitors. They like Sedona. They bought a house here. There's an empty lot next door. And they just don't want change. They just want to sit here and do their little life. Then uh, people who are liberal like myself and you come in and say, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could connect the west side with the east side and have another road so the fire department could come down? Or wouldn't it be better if we had something for kids to do in the afternoon? Or wouldn't it be great if we had a parking garage so people didn't have to keep circling uptown? Okay. That's the difference, and and people have a hard time understanding. Now, how do we get around that? Dialogue. We we have to have a way that we can sit and talk about these things without screaming. If the studies come back and say that 25% of the traffic uptown is from people circulating looking for a parking spot, and you could take away 25% of the traffic by building a, a place for them to park, Okay, that's a dialogue. What they really want to say is we don't want a parking garage because that means that you're saying we're a tourist town. And if you build it, they will come. Well, that's not true. But that's that conservative and liberal point of view. A liberal point of view is we're going to grow. We are a tourist town. Eighty percent of our income for the city comes from tourism in one way or the other. How do we make a great environment for tourism and for locals. Well, you know what it is? They need to mix. You can't live in two different societies. I'm very lucky. I talk to every customer that stays at my hotel, and I'm so lucky I meet the most wonderful people in the world. People who are sitting in their home, not mingling with the tourists, are missing so much. The there's a group, I think, Steve, that have just really don't want any any tourists coming to Sedona. They want to make it uh, a really hard and punish tourists for coming here. The idea of moving the uh, the garage instead of the center of town where all the businesses are, where there's a place to have lunch and so forth and so on and look at some yeah. shops out to some corner where there's no facilities yeah. is it is an effort to punish tourists for for visiting here in some way i know that's not maybe their intention but underneath there is that kind of thing if mm-hmm. we make it mi- the tourists miserable enough they'll stop coming to sedona um well you know the things i kind of disagree with in that in that uh, well, well, and i speaking just for myself i looked at the advertising that the chamber of commerce was doing and I also go down to Phoenix and talk to people, 
and be, uh, Phoenix people come to Sedona. That's where the kids come to hike, to, yeah. to go swimming and stuff. Is nothing that you're advertising is ever going to do affect them. This is their place well, now. Well, I had a meeting last week with Expedia rep, and I was asking about numbers on travelers in America and what's going on. She said there's three cities that are absolutely thriving through the pandemic. Sedona, Palm Springs, and Santa Barbara. Now, what do they all have in common? They're about 100 miles away from a giant metro center. Yeah. Now, if you're in Phoenix and you're, you move there, you're in your 30s, you got out of college, which is what's happening in Maricopa County. It's, it's the second fastest growing county in America, probably the first this year. A lot of 30-year-olds are moving there. What are you going to do? They're, they learned about the outdoors during the pandemic. They bought a bike. They're hiking. And where are you going to go? You're going to go to Sedona. And that's why we've been so busy and, and so blessed, frankly, because we have 10,000 people that didn't lose their jobs. Where you can go to any other place in America and people are all still out of work. There's hotels back east with two, 300 rooms that are, that are empty. So, and, and we had a budget surplus in our city the last two years. Almost no city in America. Now, the flip side of that is hotel chains looked at the numbers in Sedona, and they bought up almost every hotel in town. So it's I no think, longer local. I think there's three ownership. independent hotels left in town now. Wow. We've been found. So what we have to do is say, okay, how do, how do we manage this? My question is, the city really needs to sit down and say, how are we going to manage customers in the next 10 years? Because they are coming. Uh, ADOT says that the traffic by uh, 2030 on 89.8 will double. Now, the way we handle it in California, and I kind of agree with, is you don't fix it. Traffic fixes itself. If you're, I, I, I made a pitch to the city this year. I wanted to advertise in Phoenix saying, don't come up this weekend, okay? Come up Monday through Thursday. There's special rates. There's things to do. You can hike by yourself. But don't do Sedona on weekends. That scared a lot of people, but that's what we need to do is just moderate the people. If they can have a better time midweek, come on up midweek. So we can market to move people a little bit too. Marketing is just not about bringing them in. So there are things we're going to have to do. The other thing we have to do is we have to work out an agreement, and it will happen with the government. We have to close the parking lots at trailheads. And when we close the parking lots at trailheads, then we'll have a transportation system people will have to use. But if you have a choice of parking at a trailhead or going to a bus depot and waiting 20 minutes, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go to the trailhead. So, But this is going to take years, and the city's working on it. The city has plans in place, but people won't take the time to come to the meetings, listen to what's going on, and they can speak at the meetings. They're more than welcome to speak. I think a lot of Sedona, Steve, not to be too cynical, are happy to see the tourists parking someplace like the parking garage and being taken to the trailheads. What they're not going to be happy about is they get in their cars and drive to the trailheads and they can no longer park there. That's true. They have to go do what tourists is. It's going to infuriate people. Absolutely. It's going to be extremely unpopular. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've seen at least a dozen times that we should close 179 and only let locals in and charge. <laughs> our, our 89A should be shut down and only locals can come in. People have no concept that these are federal and state highways. And then when a person comes to Sedona, 
they're a citizen of Sedona. Okay, this isn't like ancient Greece, Greece, where you're an Athenian citizen and everybody else is a barbarian. That's the way they see it. No, our city council's responsibility is to everybody. They don't have a special responsibility to people that live here. They have a responsibility to everybody that comes here for safety. And and I think they take that bigger view as a whole. But the people who live here want to be treated special. And I'm sorry, that's what I fight. No, you're not special. You're a resident. We're all the same. And when somebody crosses that border, parks uptown, they're just as important as you are. That's going to be extremely mm-hmm. controversial, Steve. I, I hear you on it. I it concerns me that 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 people don't care about the workforce anymore and they don't care about the tourists but i think you had a really good insight is you're actually talking to the tourists when i drove tours and did mm-hmm. did tours archaeology or whatever i talked to people all the time from all over the country indeed the world and i saw who they were and some of them were nasty and most of them were very very nice people Retirees, unlike people who work in Sedona, have almost no contact with actual tourists and the experience of talking to tourists. Maybe if they're out on a trail, they'll run into tourists and give directions or something. But there's a huge reduction of just the interaction. I think that's an interesting insight, something I hadn't thought about before. Well, you know, if you come to Sedona and people stay at my hotel a lot and they're they're looking – to build or they're looking to say and they say what if i retired to sedona and i go unless you're the kind of person who gets up and does your own thing you won't like it here and they go what do you mean i said it's not a country club atmosphere you have to get up you get involved you have to go out hiking you have to find things to do okay this isn't like scottsdale where there's all kinds of stuff going on so the people we attract here are hopefully outdoor people, outdoor oriented. But unfortunately, a lot of people retired here. They're sitting home all day. They're on the Internet talking to people just like themselves. I see people who are posting 24 hours a day on some of these sites. They're doing nothing else. They're, they're, it's just a negative way. It's a feedback loop. They're, they're just being negative, negative, negative. And I always say when I post, I say there's a meeting on Thursday night at the city council. Show up. Talk at the city council meeting. They never show and they say they're not listened to. They always say the city council is not listening to us. And they don't actually try to talk to the city council. No. I mean, that's, I think, a very general rule. Even it's in letters. Um, and I know and the when city they do, council. it's only negative. Yeah. And, and you I don't know. get positive yeah. letters. I don't yeah. think. I think they probably get 20 negative letters about some issue to every positive yeah. one. Yeah, well, I, and I think our city council does a very good job. I know them all. Uh, they're diverse. Uh, they all see things a little bit different, but I know that they talk to everybody. They respond. They do listen. I was in a meeting the other day for somebody who's going to run for mayor. He says he's going to run. And I was at the table with a group, and he stood up and he says, I'm known for having great ideas, and I'm going to bring great ideas to Sedona, but I want to listen to your ideas. Um so at my table, I, I was listening to the people, and one of the gentlemen to my right said, well, the whole city council is crooked, and they're being paid off by the Chinese. And I, I went, oh, that's interesting. Hold that thought. 
then the guy next to him was talking and he said well the problem with america we should be on the gold standard and oh I said, my. okay. And then there was two ladies there that I said, why are you here? She goes, well, we, want, we want to find out about Airbnbs. You know, we don't know much about it. And so I was talking to them about 1350 and 702. And, and they came up to me and they said, well, what you're all wrong. We have, we have a secret solution to solve Airbnb problems. And I said, well, what's that solution? Well, it's a secret. We can't tell you right now. But our attorneys are working on it. This is what opened my eyes. There is just a, such a craziness going on that I just felt there needed to be a forum where we can start getting people to come out. Now, this first one, it'll be a test. But if we can get a forum where people can come and ask questions and not rant and have experts come back with with it. Now, we're still going to have people who are going to poo-poo it. Yeah. but. I'm hoping that it gets picked up by the media. I'm hoping that facts start to come through because we can't just keep throwing uh, stones based on our ideology. Um, I know the um, some of the people on um, the, uh, on uh, next door were talking about the corruption of the city. In fact, they made a slick film about mm-hmm. corruption and money changing hand and. As far as I know, in the 20 years I've been here, we've had conservative councils, mm-hmm. liberal councils, proactive councils, councils that didn't do anything much. And we've had conservatives, we've had liberals, we've had moderates, we've had progressives, we've had environmentalists, we have had narrow business folks. Mm-hmm. None of them, as far as I know, was ever corrupt. No, economically, and nobody it's needs all the lies. Yeah, well, there's nobody needs to be corrupt because most of the people ha- are, have already made money. They're fine. They're successful. They're, they're retired. They make two hundred dollars a month or something for all of these meetings and all of this work. These are even if I disagree with them, I admire them for the time and energy they put in to work on this city, and I get extremely upset. It's like um, it's like people who downgrade them uh, do it um, uh, but they're just sitting home doing nothing they're doing nothing for our city but they disparage these people who put in all the time the last two conservatives that were on the council uh, consecutively were decent honorable men and um, and McElroy was a a real gentleman in the best sense of the word there's, I have nothing negative to say with him. I debated about the Constitution with the man. We disagree about probably everything. But he, to, 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 to smear him and all the council with this corruption stuff, it's, to, to me, you know, I don't hold a, a legal position, Steve. I'm not the yeah. head of any, any, any kind of uh, lodging council. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be polite. It's pretty, pretty loathsome stuff to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it it's, 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 well, it's But it's, it's, it's the American society is going for the lowest common denominator. And to disparage somebody seems to be their idea of rhetoric or discussion. Or empowering yourself. Yeah, so in other words, other words yeah. just thrash out and call them names. It's kind of, I kind of call it, uh, I think all society is based upon junior high. And here's my analogy. You have the socias at one table. You have the jocks at another table. 
you have uh, the, the outsiders at another table and they don't talk to each other. They just make remarks and they don't mingle and they don't talk. Later in life, they, they go to high school and they start mingling and talking to each other and they realize they're each humans and they start to get along. We are just choosing our benches we have lunch at. Um, and it's sad that we won't talk to the people at the other bench. So the dialogue comes from having a meeting, I'm hoping, or going to lunch and saying, let's talk about this. Like when I go down to my condominium and I talk to the, I talk to the Republicans. I don't disparage them. I don't undermine them. I don't throw stones at them. I say, let's talk about a subject. So they were talking the other day about, well, this, um, this money they gave all the businesses, it really helped. And I says, it's, it was a great socialist idea. And they looked at me and they go, what do you mean? I go, that's socialism at its best. Okay, what happened during this pandemic of giving people rent a system is a socialist concept. Okay, and then we got a dialogue going. Well, yeah, maybe we needed to do it a little bit. I said, that's good. That's fine. But the point is, is that government has to do what you can't do on your own. Okay, and the idea that people are having babies just to make money. That's rhetoric from the 80s. Let's really be honest. There is no welfare anymore. There's assistance and food assistance. Men don't get any money. Okay, These concepts you're still hanging on to in the 80s are not, in fact, true. And so until I have a discussion with people, I might be able to get an idea started. I'm not trying to win an argument. I'm just trying to have a dialogue so we start to think. Yeah, I'm astonished by the fact that everybody is an instant expert. I'm not totally disparaging that. I mean, I do my own mm-hmm. instant experting. Um, the uh, ADOT had a test thing of having um, having um, lanes uh, down at the traffic circle. It, their test, I thought, was confusing. I didn't immediately understand it. I go there twice a week. It took me a while to figure even what these uh, mm-hmm. these lanes were supposed to be. So I don't think that was a particularly good test. Uh, but I I see overall huge improvement in the traffic uptown. I'm uptown twice oh, a week. It's just big improvement. I may not like the looks of some of the statues and so forth and so on, but... You know, it is it is improved the um, getting through town greatly. But I hear people who are just seem to be willing to say on these social media that nothing's changed, that nothing's been done. When it's hard for me, Steve, but I go up there every day. Well, I but, see but, all the changes. Well, and but, for somebody but, to but, argue that's hard for me to argue well, but with they somebody aren't, like that. Well, it's not arguing. It's not factual. And what they don't want to do is praise the city. Okay, it's that simple. City can't do anything good. That's because, right. Period. It's an axiom. Now, now, yes. Yeah, and so uptown is in way. I mean, I live above it. I drive it more than anybody probably. It's thirty times better than it used to be. Now, can we improve it more? Absolutely. Um, but they're just not going to give the city any credit, and that's just because why? Because it's helping those tourists. And if we just got rid of the tourists, we wouldn't have to do all that. Well, we're not getting rid of the tourists. That's just the way it is. In fact, we're going to get a lot more, and I'm going to tell you that this coming April and May, we're going to be jammed again. And what we need to do is like other cities, need to put up those signs saying, Tourists are coming next week. It's spring break. Put on a happy face because we're all going to have to get through it. It's going to take us a little longer to get the bashes. You realize now that people get stuck on Cook's Hill. 
coming into the Y. You know why? That is one of the biggest complaints. Well, and the the reason why is we lost a 1,000 homes that our workers used to live in around town. They could walk to work or they just drove to a neighborhood when they were done with their shift. Now at 3, 3.30, they get off their shift just at hotels. And guess what? They go down 89A. They go home to the village or to Camp Verde. We now have traffic that we didn't used to have. It is new. Yeah. So it's new. So what happens? You blame the city. No, you don't blame the city. It's it's a progression of things that have happened. We now have Airbnb. We have another 2,000 places to stay in town. We have added more Airbnb sleeping beds than we have total hotel rooms in the town in three years. And you think there's not going to be a change? And it's going to bring traffic instead of the controlled areas where the hotels are concentrated. Absolutely. Now, what happens? To, to all the neighborhoods. And now what's happening? It should disperse it, so there should be less intense traffic, but more general and yeah. existing And everywhere. the people come back in the afternoon and go to their homes, get ready for dinner. So we have traffic patterns now. And we're going to have to, But I come from L.A., this is laughable, our traffic patterns. I know that I don't go home on Saturday uh, at 3 in the afternoon because I won't be able to get back to town. That's been for 20 years. I, I'm just, oh. no, it's normal, but it's just, nobody's going to give the city credit for doing anything. So, But the city's done a great job. I, I can really say these last two councils have really stepped up. I'm a little worried about the council right now that they're listening to locals a little too close. And I think that three women or five people or ten people sending emails Trying to get a vote changed is wrong. I think the city council has to stand back and say... I think they have a right to do that, Steve. Well, I know I have a right to say it. But I think that the city council should say, should I worry about that neighborhood and that block... Or what's best for the entire city? Now, sometimes you're right. You you go they, they, maybe Jordan Road putting those apartments. I don't in say they're right, but they yeah. got a right to. No, they have a right to say but it. What I but, don't see, Steve, is is um, it's NIMBY stuff going absolutely to, to the absolute too far. madness. It's funny, it's, and nobody seems to care about how the city operates as a whole. Like the opposition yep. to any connector roads on the south side yeah. of 89A. That would have been very handy for everybody. It would have cut down traffic. It would have cut down noxious fumes yep. because you could dr- got places quicker. Well, you know, a prime there's e- absolute opposition. A, a to prime it. example, I came from Pasadena, Altadena, and we had a city council. And I can guarantee you um, he, had, he had three million people who he represented in, in our area. Do you think that they really listened to a local community when they worried about connecting two streets? It never got past the A dot. In other words, we're too small. We fight over too small of things. I think the problem is we just want to fight. I think we have to kind of end that on uh, on that note, folks. I really would like to thank um, Democrats of the Red Rocks. Uh, they've sort of supported us since we, we started. They have excellent programs. I'm hoping they'll start their um, um, breakfast in the fall. They have an excellent film program with really good film. Right now, there's a kind of pause. And then I'll let you read this, Stephen. Uh, and um, um, I also want to thank the, the Yavapai Democratic Party. Steve, read the, this, this information about where people can go to a meeting. This is, they're not, nobody's going to beat you up, folks. You can listen to. It's going to be the Sedona Community Dialogue um, this Wednesday, the 22nd, at Ollie. 
and it's from 3 in the afternoon till 5, and we're going to be talking about short-term rentals with experts. Right. So you'll actually try to get the facts. It is very frustrating to be in a fact-fluid world where some people like to create fact-fluidity as yeah. part of, of part of what they do. I also should say thank Steve. Steve's been a supporter of the show, and it's a wonderful hotel. My only complaint is you no longer have breakfast over there, Steve. <laughs> we used to go over the breakfast after the show. Um, it gave us kind of a hangout. Um, I guess, folks, the best thing to do is, is to go on our website or our new Facebook page, and you can hear all these uh, shows for the last 10 years been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.